It's Thursday, September 30th, 2021. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable, brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, and all state insurance in Westchester, PA. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesco. Hey, Chet, this will go down as a disastrous week in 2021 Philly sports. The Eagles got hammered in Dallas on Monday night. The Phillies' bats died as they're now basically eliminated, only hanging on by a thread. The Sixers camp officially opened without Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid had something to say about that today. This week has been a disaster, but leaves us with so much to talk about and not enough time time to cover it all. I guess the one good thing, Penn State won and is up to number four in one of the polls. But yeah, other than that, not a whole lot great this week, Bill. In addition to the Eagles' ugly loss, there was another season-ending injury and some renewed questions about the head coach. And you and I had almost as many carries as the Birds running backs on Monday night. <laughs> Rough week indeed, Bill. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, and, and then we have the Phillies on top of it who, who, you know, just said, let us be close when we go to Atlanta. Well, they were close, kind of, and uh, nothing happening down there. The bats went dead. Yeah, these last three or four uh, days have not been good in Phillies land, but hey. What are you going to do? We got some good guests tonight. Let's get it going, Bill. We do. We have a couple great guests tonight to talk Eagles and Hall of Famer Ray Dittinger back to join us again. That's always a blast. And our pal, Boop, Bob Patron Jr. will be stopping by as well. Yeah, we may have another guy hop on with us uh, along the way as well. We shall see. But, hey, our first guest is here, ready to roll. Let's do it. All right. Let's get uh, to the bottom of what's going on with the Eagles. And welcome back the Hall of Famer Ray Dittinger to Philly Press Box Radio. Ray the only thing I know to do to start is to give the game ball to the punter. That's all we got. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. It was, uh, uh, it was a pretty thorough beatdown. Uh, and uh, I was just – I was enjoying the open to the show here because it was uh, a look back at all the great moments in Philly yeah. sports. This was a, this was a week that, uh, that a look back at that is uh, very welcome. <laughs> oh man hey great uh ray let's start with this what grade would you give the coaching job done monday night by nick sirianni f yeah that, that's pretty much it i mean three rushes by the running backs i didn't buy his explanation the other day about the rpo calls and well they could have been running plays you know uh what the heck went wrong and you know why don't they just give the ball to miles sanders once in a while um they should uh i don't know i've uh <clears throat> We've seen some wacky play calling over the years, uh, but I've never seen anything like that uh, where you play 60 minutes of football and the running backs carry the ball three times. I mean, Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell, I mean, I don't even think they had a shower. I mean, they just, <laughs> yeah. they, they just uh, took off the uniform, got on the airplane and came home. I mean, it was just, uh, um, it was very silly. And, and I thought that Sirianni's now had a couple of opportunities to try and explain it after the game and then at his press conference yesterday and I've heard him give his answers and I, I still don't know what he was thinking. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it does, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. There's almost no way. I mean, they run the football more in arena football than what they ran at Monday <laughs> down in Dallas. I mean, I never thought I would say that or see uh, that, yeah. but that's kind of what it is. And there's no, 
there's really no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, it um, it made no sense. I mean, on a, on a night when, I mean, to put it in its simplest terms, on a, on a night when your young quarterback, who's still, let's face it, he's trying to figure it out himself, and and he was he was clearly having an off night, and he was struggling big time. You know, a good a good play calling coach takes some of the pressure off him by running the football and putting him in good situations. You don't you're not helping anything by taking a a harried, young, confused quarterback, putting him in the shotgun and making him throw the ball in every play. I mean, that's not helping anything. Um, and so I, I have to believe that Nick Sirianni, with an opportunity now to look back on that and look at the statistics and look at his play calls, I mean, he has to be saying, oh, what was I thinking? But, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens coming up this week. I mean, it's, you know, this would be easy. It's only, it's only the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Coming in off two straight uh, losses, so this will be a piece of cake. Uh, well, you know, Ray, what I thought watching the game as it unfolded in the second quarter, uh, they got hammered in the in the first quarter defensively. They couldn't stop anything, and I thought I thought Sirianni panicked. Uh, I think he thought my defense is in trouble. I, I they can't stop them. We got to get into a run and shoot uh, offensive game with these guys and start throwing the ball over the place and basically threw his game plan out the window before he ever started it. Seemed like it. I mean, that's kind of what the way he tried to explain it away. I, I don't agree with that. Um, I, you know, I don't know the way the Eagles are set up right now with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. They're, they're not going to win a shootout with anybody with him at quarterback. I mean, it's, it's not, I mean, you can play shootout football if you've got Mahomes. You can play shootout football if you've got Rodgers. Um, but at this point in his career, you ain't winning a shootout with Jalen Hurts. Um, and so just the idea that, well, okay, that's the way we'll go, I don't think it's improving situation. You First of all, it's, I think it's sort of negative thinking to just in the game just say, our, our defense, we're overmatched. We can't play with these guys. So let's just. Let's just try and outscore them. Well, you're not sending a very confident message to your defense, that number one. Um, and the other thing is there's another way of trying to deal with that kind of a situation. If you really do think the other team is that explosive uh, and that dominant on offense, then when you have the ball, grind it. Hold you know, the, ball. the ball. Right. Control right. the clock. You know, keep the, keep the other team's offense off the field. Keep the score down. You know, the Eagles aren't a team that's built to outscore anybody the way they're the way they look right now. So trying to play behind their defense, close to the vest, run the football. I mean, how many real big time playmakers does this team have? Not too many. I mean, Miles Sanders might be their best weapon. So you're not helping yourself any week, regardless of the opponent, by freezing him out of the play calling. You know. You're not, that's, that is not, that's not a formula to win, regardless of who your opponent is. Now, that same, Bill, the same thinking moving forward, if they thought the Dallas Cowboys were explosive, (laughs) what do they think about the Kansas City Chiefs? Right. I mean, this, this might be a week where they're just going to tell Miles Sanders, you know, take the week off. You know, we're, (laughs) we're just, we're going to throw on every down. So you really don't even have to be here, you know, just, uh, kick back, watch this one on TV, and you'll catch up with us next week. Because hey, if you think the Cowboys were explosive, <laughs> well, guess what? Guess who's coming to town this week? Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Oh, that'll make things better. 
Yeah, it, it could be ugly. Ray, we're going to interrupt the football talk for a second because we got a guest who wants to pop on. He claims to be related to you. I don't know. You know this guy? Oh, he looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> David, oh. how are you, man? Well, I, this, this, this guy here has been a previous guest on your show. What's happening? Yes. Yeah, last February. He, he's got a bad connection. He's in beautiful Cincinnati right. for that big Jags-Bengals game tonight. I'm sure... The excitement level is sky high out there, David. Fans out here are excited. Uh, yeah, so fans out here are excited. I, 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 you know, doing what I do, I, I love doing it. It doesn't matter where it is. I, I'll go anywhere to do it. So do you have an assignment for tonight, a specific uh, guy you're watching, or what do you got going on? No, just normal top camera game action. Uh, very basic night, good night, nice, beautiful night. So, so for a good game, and uh, yeah, just hope for a good game. There you go. <laughs> hey, hey, guys, uh, this is the first time we've had the two of you together. And, Ray, I finally got around to reading half of your book the other day. And okay. right there on page two, you mentioned David Dinger. And uh, we talked to him last February about it on the third year anniversary. But I got to show this just one more time. Because I want to get your reaction again, Ray, and explain why. It is a long time coming. Woo! David Dittinger, who is a um, who shoots for. Uh, there we go. <laughs> that's, that's a beautiful thing. A beautiful, beautiful thing. Oh my goodness! It was just. It's everybody that that, that didn't have a chance to see this. I mean, my grandparents, my my mom's parents, my uncle Kevin. I mean, just. I mean, everybody that said this wasn't possible. And, I've waited 44 years, and I swear I thought I'd never see this day. Yeah, and I'm mean, a diehard Eagles fan, diehard Flyers fan, diehard Phillies <laughs> fan, and just, I mean, Philadelphia, just enjoy this, because I don't know when it's going to happen again, but boy, this is sure fun tonight. To be able to share this with my son is, uh, it's beyond special. <laughs> Pretty good idea by Michael Barkan to do that on camera, wasn't it? It was. It was really inspired. I uh, I didn't pl I didn't plan that. Um, and when he said that this is what we're going to do, I tried to talk him out of it. Um, <laughs> but as it but as it turned out, um, it was really a beautiful moment. And um, and all the people back in the city that watched it, and Lord knows, thousands upon thousands of people saw it. Um, what they all said, and I got emails, I think, from all of them, was <laughs> that's what was happening in our house. That's what was happening with our family. You know, at that moment, that night, that game, that victory meant so much to the people of this city. Uh, and nobody watched the game alone. Everybody was watching it with family. And everybody was having that sort of way of celebrating. So in a way, by David and I doing what we did there, um, we were really kind of, we were kind of avatars for the Philadelphia fan base. I mean, we kind of, you know, when, when we put our arms around each other, we were kind of putting our arms around the whole Delaware Valley. And uh, I know I still hear about it. People still talk to me about it, uh, how much that meant to them and how much they remember it. And I know David's told me he hears the same thing. Sure. Yeah, that night was awesome. It was one of those deals, like my dad said, it's, you know, my dad's not a look at me kind of guy. And when, when Michael Barkin said that, you know, oh, this is going to happen on air. I mean, I, I knew my dad was going to try to stop it because it wasn't it, that you know, we didn't want that to happen on TV because it was a moment for me and him. 
Uh, but the way it worked out, and just like you said, how would it, the way the city uh, responded to it and everybody's reaction to it when I got back, um, you know, when I landed in Philly the next day at the airport, just what people at the baggage claim were saying, it was, it was just a, a, a night that I was unexpected and I'm glad it happened and I'll, I'll cherish that moment forever. <laughs> hey, hey, Ray, I want to ask you, uh, when we were talking to David, when we had him on the show, he told us what his responsibility was in the Super Bowl and that he was he was the Philly Philly guy. Uh, how, how does the Hall of Fame dad feel about the, the son with a Hall of Fame moment there? Maybe the greatest moment in Philadelphia Eagles history. And your son captured it. It is. Um, well, I'm I'm proud of David. Um, I'm, I've been proud of David forever uh and i'm proud of him for a million things but uh that was uh that was really special that night and uh, you know everything about that week everything about that game uh everything about that win was was so wonderful and so great uh, but the real capper was that the biggest moment that everybody will remember uh, Philly Philly um, will, was preserved forever for everybody by NFL films uh, with the wiring of Nick Foles and David got it. I mean, it was David shot. And I remember telling him that night, I said, you know, what happened tonight and what you did tonight? Um, this is, it's beyond, this is history. This game and that moment, uh, probably the most Famous, it'll go down as the most famous play call in Super Bowl history. And people saw it and people know about it because of you. And it's going to be played on a loop at the Pro Football Hall of Fame for your grandchildren and your great grandchildren are going to be able to come here and see it. I mean, the Eagles made history tonight, but people only know about it because of you. It was, uh, it was a great moment and it was captured by a great sports photographer. <laughs> Hey, David, wow, well said. How, well said. <laughs> he, he's right. David, I don't know how much time you have with us tonight, but uh, what do you make of this Eagles season so far? And do you think they can turn it around? Uh, we'll let you run after that. What do you think? Uh, it, it's hard to say. Uh, first-year coach, really a first-year quarterback. Um, I'm not expecting too much. I, mean, I, I, I know Philadelphia's one of the years, but Dallas did look pretty good. If they stay even relatively healthy, I think they'll win the division. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think the Eagles really have to get themselves an identity. Uh, they can't let teams just walk down the field like they did the other night. I mean, I, I look at it sometimes, and I, I said to a couple of the guys, we were working the Flyers game the other night, and we are sitting having dinner, and I said, when was the last time anybody really sat down and said, boy, Fletcher Cox played awesome last night. I think he needs to step up. Uh, you know, Hargraves is is making a little bit uh, is going to have a pretty good season because I knew I know Fletch does get double teamed a lot, but you know they run forty running plays. You kind of have to. I mean, Fletcher's got to make at least one tackle. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, I, I don't know, and, and the offensive line has to stay healthy, and and we'll see what happens with Hurts, but. I did not like what I saw the other night. It was embarrassing. That was embarrassing. I think that's Absolutely. true. I think, I think it's a pretty good summation. 
the worst I think the worst part of the night was was the fact that the coach was, was wearing beat Dallas stuff all week. And you know, when, was, yeah. when was the last time you saw you know you, when was the last time you saw Belichick and and you know uh, Bruce Arians and, and these guys wearing that kind of stuff? I mean, you, you know, you don't need to motivate your players and tell them it's a rivalry. The players don't know that it's a rivalry, and they need to get up for every game. Uh, then they're in the wrong business. You don't need. I don't need my coach to wear a beat Dallas shirt to get me hyped for a Dallas game. No, I think that. Uh... When I saw him do that, my thinking was, this can't possibly help your team. This can't possibly. It may fire up the other team, but it's not going to make your team play any harder. It's not going to make your guys play any better. This can only hurt. <laughs> this can only give more. This can only give more motivation uh, to the other side, because you know that picture. That, that that image of him wearing the shirt at the press conference went up on the bulletin board in Dallas. And you can say all you want about, oh, come on, these guys are pros, bulletin board stuff, that goes out with high school. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. The, the mentality of football players doesn't really change that much. And I always used to kind of laugh at the idea of that kind of motivation and pep talks and stuff. But the fact of the matter is um, those buttons are still there and they can be pushed. And... Uh, when the head coach of the other team goes on camera wearing that shirt, it can't help. Okay. And uh, so now the one good thing is, you know, you're hoping, and I think David's right. I think this whole year is, is about learning. It's about Jalen hurts learning. It's about Nick Sirianni learning. It's about us learning about them if they're up to the task. But I think Nick showed that he's learned a little bit because when he met the press yesterday, he was not wearing a shirt that said "Beat the Chiefs." So <laughs> if he took nothing out, nothing else out of this game, he did learn that lesson. And Ray, you were talking I, about I'm actually, I'm actually surprised. That he of... Go ahead, Dave. I, I was going to say I'm actually surprised he didn't get fined by the league for not wearing authentic sideline gear at a press conference. Oh, is that a rule? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's a rule everywhere else. I mean, the guys have to have their socks pulled up for pregame. So I, hey, well, I'm surprised that didn't happen. One, one thing I wanted to throw at you guys, you know, when, when you look at the first half stats, that's what I looked at it when the game was actually a game before the second half didn't matter. 19-3 uh, to three in first downs favor of the Cowboys. And the Eagles had 30 yards rushing at the time, 27 of them by Miles Sanders on his two carries. Those were his only two carries. Uh, five carries total in the first half and, and three first downs. I mean, it was a, just an absolute beatdown in that first half. Yeah, it was. I mean, they got dominated. They got nominated at the line of scrimmage. Cowboys offensive line was really good. Um, and I think what people don't really understand, uh, but probably should pay attention to, is that, you know, Dak Prescott gets the headlines because he throws three touchdown passes, and he played really good. He did. But the Cowboys won that game by running the ball. The, every, their whole passing game worked off of the run. Uh, that's where the game was won, at the line of scrimmage, and they won it with Zeke, and they won it with Pollard, because then they were able to do everything off play action, and they had the Eagles' defense off balance the whole night. So, you know, you can say the Cowboys threw three touchdown passes, but I'll tell you, they won that game by running the football. And the Eagles lost that game by not running the football. I mean, that might be an oversimplification, but I, I really do think that there's a lot of truth in that. And if 
if Sirianni and the rest of his coaching staff want to take any one lesson away from that game, it's look at how the Cowboys won, look at how they dominated, and look at how the run set up the opportunities in the forward pass. Mm-hmm. Hey, David, yeah, I know you got a, I know you got a game to cover. Let's let you get on your way and uh, go cover that Bengals Jacksonville Jaguars game, and uh, we'll talk to you again in a few months. You got it. I'm glad to be part of you guys. See you later, Pop. Take care, right, Dave. Thanks, Dave. All right, guys. Bye bye. You know, and I think right well, that was to your quite point, a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> that was a, that was a setup, buddy. <laughs> you know, to to your point about the stats and the three touchdowns, the same goes for Jalen Hurts throwing for three hundred yards. So misleading of a stat. Oh yeah. Um, the you know it's the, that's why I look at those halftime stats when it was supposed to be a game. Uh, Jalen Hurts three hundred yards is very misleading. Oh yeah, I mean that's a. Uh... You know, I don't like the term, but sometimes it applies. It was garbage time. I mean, what everything everything that happened in the second half, everything that kind of happens after the pick six is really the game's kind of over at that point. Um, no, the Eagles got thoroughly dominated. I mean, if you look at the stats, say, well, he threw for 300 yards. But if you look at the tape, you say, oh, man, he was all over the place. Uh, and, um, you know, one of the things that you see with him is, you know, I, I've – there's a lot I like about him. I like his attitude. I like his approach. I think he's a tough kid. I think he really wants to be good. Um, but he's got so many things he has to improve on. I mean, he certainly has to improve his accuracy. Uh, and the other thing he has to improve is he's, he, he's falling back into what he was even before Oklahoma. I'm talking about Alabama, which is where he, he, is, a, he is a one look and go guy. I mean, he gets the ball in his hands. He takes one look at one receiver. If he doesn't like what he sees, he's running. And um, you know, and if you're going to if you're going to play quarterback in the NFL uh, any length of time <laughs> and win games, you have to have more patience than that. And I know right now he doesn't have much confidence in his offensive line, especially with the way guys are going down. Um, but he has to get past that, or the coaches have to coach him past that. Uh, but he's got to he's got to hang in there and play the quarterback position. He can't go in there and just try and run around and make plays because at this point in his career, he's not capable of that. Um, and so this is the challenge that the coaches have to face is, you know, they've got to coach him into a situation where, OK, that's not there. Look here. If that's not there, you look here. And OK, if at that point it's breaking down, then get out. But don't take one look and take off running because, you know, you can talk about run, a quarterback ran for 82 yards in this game. Okay, did that did, does that make us a good team? No, I'll tell you it doesn't. You got to incorporate everybody in the offense and you know, I I fully expect this week after everything that's been said and all the conversation about the play calling and all, you know, Miles Sanders is going to get his touches this week because that's all these guys have been hearing about. And it's also pretty smart it's a pretty smart approach because I don't know that they don't match up with the Chiefs and I can't imagine that they're going to beat the Chiefs. But the one thing they have to do is they do have to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. And the only way they can do that is by running it. And the only way they can run it is with Miles Sanders. Ray, it's going to get ugly these next few weeks, possibly. They got, they're got they going to be underdogs probably the next four weeks. So we could be looking at one and six. But enough about that. I want to ask you about two other things. That, of course, is your book and Tommy and me. First of all, love the book. Uh, love seeing all the old names that you mentioned, too. Uh, Gary Ballman, Happy Feller, Pete Lisk brings back a lot of memories, mostly bad memories, but still, what the heck? Yeah, well, those were those were my early years covering the team as the beat guy for the old Philadelphia Bulletin, um, and 
you know, that was how it started for me. And yeah, writing those chapters, Chet, was uh, a real walk down memory lane for me. And you made $100 and a quarter uh, at your first job and then got a raise up to 150 when you went to the bulletin. <laughs> Yep, hundred dollars and twenty-five cents. Don't forget that quarter. That was that was that was how I started the Delaware County Daily Times. Yeah, uh, and then I was there for almost exactly one year, and then the Philadelphia Bulletin uh, came in and offered me a uh, hundred and fifty to go to the to Thirtieth and Market Street and write sports, which is really <laughs> what I wanted to do all along anyway. Yeah. So Ray, as far as the book, um, and I know the season comes. You're really busy. You having any book signings coming up? Uh, anytime soon or how can people get your book well um the first printing the first printing pretty much sold out so they had a they had to order a second printing uh and uh that's in now and that's in stores so uh amazon who was out of books for a while uh now has books so if i know a lot of people do their book shopping on amazon if you uh, go to amazon and you call up uh, and you enter my name and the book title it'll pop up and it will say in stock so you can order it and you'll get it within 24 hours. And most bookstores, most of your big, you know, Barnes and Noble-ish bookstores, they have it in stock now too. Uh, I've done a couple of book signings and they've gone really well. I got a couple more coming up, Morristown, New Jersey and uh, North Wales, Pennsylvania. Those will be uh, in November. So just keep looking. They'll be out there. Love All it. right. Love and the other thing, Ray, Tommy and me is back after a hiatus last year, thanks to COVID. We got Tommy and me coming back next week. I know rehearsals are underway. How's it looking? Uh, it's looking good. Uh, it's looking good. We've got three of the four actors are back. Um, the only one we had to change is the, uh, the, the child actor who plays the, the nine-year-old me. Um, the, we had the same kid uh, for the four years that we ran before, and... Uh, Doggone it, he grew up. <laughs> and uh, he no longer looks nor sounds nine or ten years old. So we had to go find another child actor. Uh, and we found a we found a kid who's really good. He's a real pro. And um, he's made movies with Will Smith and Helen Marin and stuff like that. So um, he's he's fallen into that role seamlessly. And yeah, we're we're moving to a new theater this year. Um, Chet, when you came, it was um, at the uh, Fringe Arts Theater in Philadelphia. We also, played, we also had one run at the Media Theater in Media PA. Uh, and this time we're going to be at the Delaware Theater Company, which is a really lovely theater in Wilmington, right down by the riverfront. And it's a, it's a great place. It's a, a great house. And um, tickets are selling really well. So we open on October the 6th. And we run through the 17th. It's 14 total performances. Uh, and we're going to do the same format that we did when you saw it before, Chad. We're going to do the play, which and then after the play, uh, we're going to have a Q&A with with the cast and the audience. People can ask questions. And we have some really good hosts coming in to be part of the Q&A. We've got uh, two of Tommy McDonald's sons are coming in. Chris and Tommy Jr. are going to come in to talk about their dad, which is going to be great. Glenn Macnell, my radio partner, he's going to host one night. Uh, Herb McGee, the basketball coach who just announced that he's retiring. Yeah. He's going to come one night, so I'm sure people want to talk to him. Uh, and I just got confirmation today that on the very last show, uh, the October 17th show, when we close it down, uh, our talkback host at the end is not going to be none other than Jim Gardner from Channel 6. Oh, wow. So wow. Uh, 
he had he had wanted to do it before, but it, the timing just didn't work out. So I talked to him again, and he said, "This time I'm going to be there." So um, as closers go, I'll take Jim Gardner over Hector Neris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Well, hey Ray, before we let you go, because we used up all our time already, um, you're going to make an Eagles prediction for us at this point. <laughs> For this Sunday, that one's easy. Uh, I know <laughs> that you're one. talking about for the season. For the season, uh, I, I I went on record as saying eight wins, uh, eight and nine, um, and I still think they could do that. I mean, the, the, this part of the schedule is just brutal. I mean, it really is. I mean, Chet mentioned one and six. They could be. I mean, that's that's not out of the question. I mean, they they're going to be big underdogs in all of these games, um, but. Um, you know, you look at the back end, you get to December, you got the Jets, and then you finish out playing all the teams in your division. And I'm not so sure any of them are that good. So um, I said eight, and I'll stick with eight. But this Sunday, I don't see any way the Eagles can play with the Kansas City Chiefs, especially a Kansas City team that's coming in here off two straight losses and really, really needs this game to get their season back on track. So, yep. you know, I think, I think Sunday could be a, a pretty long day. I agree. I agree. Well, Ray, thanks again for coming by. Uh, you're a busy man. We certainly appreciate you joining us, as always. Uh, is, is Ray still our leader in the clubhouse, Chet? Yeah, I believe this is appearance number 18, Ray. Yeah, <laughs> but good. Da David's closing in on me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was we, great. I really I really enjoyed I really enjoyed seeing David. And I I didn't even realize he was shooting the game tonight. So, okay, you, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that, was, that was cool. But thanks very much. And, you know, I love being with you guys. And you want me to come back and do a return visit? I'm always here for Heck you. Yeah. We and appreciate Ray, I just it, want to mention, We published on social media or promoted on social media that David would be on. But I know you don't go on social media. No. So you didn't know. <laughs> I'm the only person who didn't know. Everybody else knows. <laughs> that is funny. Well, and thanks belated, a lot, guys. Happy 75th. Belated. Happy. Thank happy you, Chad. Birthday. I appreciate yes, that. Happy birthday. Take care. See you, Bill. All right, Ray. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Take care, guys. See you. All right. Hey, Chet, if your couch is getting more mileage than your car, it's time for you to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, you got that right, Bill. Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That's Dave Lavoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, that number is 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Hey, everybody. It's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. And I just want to mention, Bill, I played Willie Nile there because I got my Willie Nile shirt on tonight. And I have oh. that on because I had it here. I forgot to bring a Philly Press Box radio shirt to work like I normally do on show day. So we got Willie tonight. Hey, there you go. And you know what? I'm thinking this week, Merle is probably not saying it's good. <laughs> uh, it's, it could be. I don't I can't believe they're only seven point favorites, the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. As soon as Willie started playing, I, it's the first thing I thought is we're not – Merle's not saying it's good this week. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, speaking of not being good, Chet, the Phils went down uh, like sheep last week with no hitting, another year, no playoffs, 
Another rebuild is in order. Uh, Ten years in a row. Wow. Yeah. Ten years. They are now the longest drought in the National League as far as making the postseason. 2011, when they had that 102-win season, that seems like forever ago now. And uh, I don't know if they're going to get back there next year either because there's going to be a lot of changes in the offseason. I don't envy Dave Dombrowski. It's time to bid farewell to a bunch of guys on the current roster. They don't have a whole lot to work with in double-A or triple-A. Uh, they did hire Preston Mattingly yesterday to run player development. So hopefully he learned a few things from his father over the years and knows a little bit about baseball. He comes with a good reputation. Uh, and don't get me started on Aaron Nola, Bill. He was 9-9 nine and nine with a 4.63 ERA this year. He wasn't horrible last night, but again, in September, he just didn't come up big when they needed him to. Yeah, well, and last night certainly wasn't his doing. Nothing recently was his doing because they didn't hit. Um, but we, what we're going to do, Chet, probably two weeks from now, because we can't do it next week, we'll be too got too much going on. Uh, we'll go down and we'll we'll run some people out of here and see yeah. who we're keeping and who we're getting rid of. We'll, we should have fun with that. You know, I was listening to Mikey Missinelli today, and uh, he and our buddy Tyrone Johnson were doing some of that, and uh, they came up with like thirteen guys who probably will and should be back next year off the 26 or 27 man current roster, 13 guys. So yeah, there's going to be a whole lot of changes. I'm not sure I can come up with 13 off the top <laughs> of my head. I'm going to have to get a piece of paper out for that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. and now Ben Simmons, he stayed to his word, at least for now. Uh, camp is open. He's not here. Um, Joel Embiid has now spoken up a little bit today. Uh, I thought kind of through Ben under the bus. You're the GM, my friend. What uh, what are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to wait for a deal if it takes two months or if it takes till the All-Star break or if it takes the whole season. I'm not going to just trade him for the best deal I can get right now. Sorry, pal. You're just going to have to sit out and not get paid. I'm sure you banked a little money already, so good for you. But no, I'm not. I'm not just going to trade him to get him out of town. I'm going to wait and get a good deal because you know, in a month or two, there's going to be players getting hurt. Uh, there's going to be teams that are thinking, "Yeah, we could make a playoff run if we have a guy like that who can, uh, you know, pass the ball and uh, plays good defense." So I'm just going to wait it out. I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to beg him to come back. I, I think that's all just you know, bull crap that they're saying. Oh yeah, we want him back. They don't want him back. Gotcha. So. Uh, I thought Joel tried, it was tiptoeing a little bit and then it just kind of all started coming out. Uh, what, what, what was your take on Embiid's stance today? Well, he's right. I mean, they kind of forced Jimmy out of town because Ben wanted to control the ball more. He had to be the facilitator. And, you know, Joel does come out to make more room for Ben Simmons to drive the lane. So, you know, I think they went out of their way to accommodate Ben Simmons over the last couple of years. And uh, now Ben's just being like a little baby and I want him gone, Bill. <laughs> we know that. We know that. But I want All Boop right. here. I want Boop here. That's what I That's want. That's right. Let's welcome our pal Boop, Bob, Bob Vitrone Jr. back to Philly Press Box Radio. Make some NFL East picks. We're going to talk some trivia as well. Boop, welcome back, my friend. Back, you guys. Just so you were warned, we have some extra guests tonight. Uh, normally, my dogs are upstairs with my wife locked away, but she's out tonight teaching a, a class, so they're down here with me. They shouldn't be a problem, but if you start hearing people making sense, sounds that make actual sense, that would be the dogs <laughs> rather than me. 
and, and, I, and, I, and I told Chip that I have two of them with me tonight too. So uh, I hope they don't all go off at one time. Yeah. Now the only problem is if my daughter comes home, they're going to go ballistic. So right. we may have to take a commercial break at that point. <laughs> all right. Hey, Boop, before we get started on our picks, uh, what's your quick summary on what you saw with the Eagles on Monday night? It was a Pretty ugly. It was really pretty bad. Um, they were a, you know, I don't know if you saw the thing about handing the ball three times to the running backs was an NFL all time low. It's impossible to do. I mean, you know, we've seen <laughs> we've seen that happen within the first minute of games where they've handed the ball to. So somebody doesn't know quite how to play the game, and I'm afraid it's the head coach. Um, you know, I said it earlier with you guys last time. I think I don't like having a head coach that's never been a head coach before. So here's my new rule to the Eagles. Here's my tip. Don't ever hire a guy as a head coach that's never been a head coach before unless he shows up at the interview with a dozen binders under his arm. That's the only way you can hire a guy that's never been a head coach anywhere. So, um, you know, they're deer in the headlights right now, and I don't think it's going to get much better. They keep getting hurt. And the other thing I said to you guys three weeks ago, you're only as good as your backup offensive line. Now we're finding that out now. Hey, before we get to our picks, which we're going to do in a couple of minutes, we're also going to throw some trivia out there. And, Boop, you sent me some uh, envelopes with a little uh, trivia thing, you know, inside each one. And I, I've only opened one, and I just looked at it. Let, let's do one now, and then we'll save the rest for later. Sure. And we are recording this show tonight. We started at 7, and we were playing it back at 8.15. So we can't, like, accept any answers from people and – send them a prize because first of all we're a low budget operation we don't have anything to give away right now uh but you can just kind of play along at home and see if you know these answers and bill here's the first one that boop uh sent that i opened and i think this is an easy one i don't know if you're gonna agree but bill let's see if you know it i haven't looked at the answer but i think i know it only four quarterbacks have started 16 games in a regular season for the eagles name them i think it's easy 16 games, four quarterbacks. Uh, Jaworski. Um, Can I answer? No, I guess not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jaworski has got to be McNabb one of those years. Um, It's got to be Cunningham one of those years. He was around a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the fourth one is the tough one. does it go back? Is it way back in the Norm Sneed days? <laughs> no, it is. Did not. play sixteen games then? Nope. Oh, oh, he didn't have to. Okay, not a complete season. It had to be sixteen games. Yep. Right. Uh, so it has to be since nineteen seventy-eight or whatever they started that. Seventy-eight. Yep. And it's obsolete now because it'll be yeah, seventeen. Right. Now it's seventeen. Let me chew on that. Uh, I think I know the answer, but I'll, I'll wait. I'll hold off. And by the way, when I when I was when I got these envelopes, I felt like Karnak. Remember I was going to say Funko Wagner's porch. <laughs> <laughs> and one, I just one came to mind today. Sweet and low, sweet and low, and that would be how does Mickey Rooney like his women? <laughs> uh, he was the best, Johnny Johnny C. Yes. Uh, All right, let's go back to that. I got I got to think on. I'm, I'm missing some windows there. Don't go yeah, back too far. There. All right. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's get to our picks. Uh, but first, Chet, how did we fare last week? What's our season record so far? Should we all be Eagles embarrassed right now? 
Well, guys, I'm looking good all of a sudden. I am up a full two games on both of you guys because last week, Boop went three and one. Bill, you went two and two. You picked the Giants. I was a perfect four and oh because I was the one guy who correctly picked the Rams to knock off Tom Brady and the Bucks. We all picked against the Eagles and we were right to do so. So I am seven and five. You guys are both now five and seven. We're just lighting it up. Ooh, damn. <laughs> what do you think? All right, let's get to it. We have four NFC East games this week, so no throwing games. We've got the uh, Giants at the Saints. Saints are minus seven and a half. Three and O Carolina goes to Dallas. The Cowboys are minus four and a half. Washington's at Atlanta. The football team is minus one and a half. And the Eagles host Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs at Lincoln Financial Field. Chiefs minus seven. Boop, you're up first, then I'll go. Jet, you'd be last tonight. What game? Who, who, who you like? Giants, Saints. Uh, let, let me go look because I wrote it earlier. Um, I, I'm really, I'm just not sold on the Giants, especially not when they're going to New Orleans for the Saints' first game down there this year. They had to relocate their season opener. Um, it would have been a tough game for the Giants if they were playing New Orleans and Alaska, but they got no shot. The pick is the Saints, and if you want a betting thing, that's seven and a half points the Giants are getting. That's going to be gone by the first quarter. So you can bet the Saints laying up to like 13 and a half for plus 170. You want to lay three touchdowns, you can get four to one back. Uh, wow. So I wouldn't wouldn't call, I wouldn't count that out. It's it's going to be a bloodbath. Bill, oh, oh Saints, no doubt. Yeah, Saints. Again, I'm surprised that line's only seven and a half. I think the Saints will win by at least two touchdowns. All right, three and zero Carolina at Dallas Cowboys minus four and a half. Boop. I'm not selling the Cowboys either. Um, you know, they beat the Eagles last week. That's all. This, so they're like, a, what is that? One and a half and one and a half in my book. Um, Panthers, uh, the 180, the plus 180 money line is a steal as far as I'm concerned. No way the Cowboys should be favored. Wow. I'm, I'm going Carolina, but I sure wish Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey was playing, but I'm going uh, Carolina in that game. Yeah, because of the McCaffrey injury uh, primarily, I'm taking Dallas, and I hate myself for doing that, but I actually think, you know, they're at home again. They did look pretty good. I know it was against the Eagles, but I'm taking the Cowboys, and I'm rooting against myself. I hope they lose. <laughs> We're rooting against you, too. All right. All right, Washington at Atlanta. There's some bad football teams right there. Minus uh, Football team minus one and a half. Yeah, the, Wash, Atlanta opens with three NFC East teams the defending Super Bowl champions in the Jets. So they've got one game in their first five, and they're still going to be one and four. So uh, neither of these teams is going to be very good. Washington's probably going to be end up being the second-best team in the division. So let's let's figure they get a win here like most of the other NFC's teams will against the Falcons. Going to be an under, by the way, under 47. All right. I'm going to go uh, Atlanta. Sooner or later, they got a win. They're at home. I'm going to just give them a shot because they're at home. And I'm going with the so-called football team. All right. So that gets us to the Eagles and Chiefs, and I don't think there's much question in that, except that it's only minus seven. Yeah, that was real surprising to me. I We guessed that the bar is going to be at least nine, nine and a half, even after the Chiefs lost. Um, you know, despite their woes, the Chiefs are still the highest-scoring third-quarter team in the, in the nation, in the nation, in the league. So even if the Eagles are close at halftime, it's going to get out of hand shortly thereafter. Um, Casey's not going to turn the ball over four times again. Um, so I'm thinking uh, easy Chiefs. Um, going to be warm. 
So expect a lot of second half scoring. Defenses will get worn down. So go over, go way over the 54. All right. I've got, uh, obviously, I'm taking the Chiefs. I have, I actually wrote a score Kansas City 45, Eagles 17. Okay. So six, over 61 and a half. Got it. There you go. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't think you get much argument from us on that. Now, since we're on right. the Chiefs Eagles, can I yeah. point you something out? Sure. Sure. Since the 1970 merger, the 26 teams that have been around since the merger, that's 325 matchups. The Eagles and Chiefs, eight games is the lowest uh, totals in the series of any of those matchups. They've only met eight times. It's a 4-4 series. Uh, that's mostly due to the fact that when they used to have two uh, two four-team divisions and four or five-teams divisions, one of them was always finishing fifth. So when they got around to playing each other's division, they would never play. So only the Giants and Dolphins, who have met nine times, uh, have met less than ten times of all those matchups from 1970 on. How about that? And Andy Reid back in else. And Shady McCoy uh, being honored as he's retiring as an Eagle. So there you go. That's what to watch yeah. Sunday. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to throw back to my my uh, to the trivia question. I've been thinking about it. the only one I can come up with. Because it wasn't the Jeff Garcia's and them of the world, I don't think. I'm going to go Michael Vick. Boop, tell him he's wrong. Tom, I'd be happy. If you tell him he's wrong. You'll get more pleasure out of it. <laughs> Rookie year, Carson Wentz. He played yeah. every game. Yeah, you'd be surprised. People always talk about how beat up he is, but he ended up yeah. playing a full season. He got hurt so, in the first you know. season game, but he played the whole regular season. Yeah. So, and he played another 16 later on. So he's, he's done it twice, actually. So yeah. the playoff year. Wait, when, when did he, he, he do it a second time? Playoff game. Huh? When did he do it a second time? The the playoff the uh, year after the Super Bowl, the two years after the Super Bowl, when he went to the play, he didn't get hurt till the Super Bowl, till the playoffs. Oh, that's right. Remember? Yeah, so, that is correct. So he did it twice. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's go. do another Good. one. I got, I got a Phillies one here. Let's throw a Phillies yeah. one out there too. Haven't even opened this. I don't have any more Carnacks off the top of my head. So. No, I, I do, but this is a public show. <laughs> Wasn't there one Ba Sis Boom? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what sound does a sheep make that's exploding or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right, here yeah. we go. Phillies. Steve Carlton is the Phillies' all time regular season strikeout leader. How much of a lead does he have over the club's pitcher with the next highest total? Wow. So you, you guys each make a guess and see who lands closest. Closest to the pin, you say. Yeah. Uh, do you know how many Carlton has as a Philly? 20, just short of 3,000 or just over 3,000. I'm not sure he actually had 3,000 with the Phillies, but okay. right around 3,000. I'm going to say he's got a lead of at least 920. <laughs> I'm going to say 1,100. 1,100. Okay. Jim, I have it in front of me, so open it up and ask and see. Let's find out. Ooh, daily news. Wow, how about that? <laughs> Shh, if I can figure out how to open this thing. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves, guys. Yeah, okay. Oh, there it is inside there. Okay. And the answer is... Uh, whoa! 1160. What did you guess, Bill? 1100. There you go. There you go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Carlton 3031. Robin Roberts 1871. 
There you go. There you go. You win the prize, Bill. Yeah. There you go. You get to come All back right. next week. There you go. Get, get to get a cup of coffee at uh, Dunkin' Donuts or Walmart. Yeah. 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 We've got right. more for next time, guys. So, uh, All right. Hey, hey, Boop, before we let you go, uh, toss, out, toss out your website, your Twitter handle, all that other stuff you got going on. Yeah, boopstats.com, where I put a lot of my stuff up. I'm doing some behind-the-scenes stuff for bettersinsider.com. But if you check my Twitter feed, at boopstats all the time, you'll get cool stuff. And I'll tell you the cool thing tomorrow is one of my favorite things. Uh, Temple just released their their basketball schedule about an hour and a half ago today. It's the last of the six schools to release it, so I will have at least the first run of the composite uh, schedule for the City Six up – Tomorrow morning, uh, I'll link it on my Twitter feed, at Boopstat. So if you're a college basketball fan and you can't wait to see who's playing when, tomorrow's morning's your time. Good deal. All right, Boop, we appreciate you sending your stuff in each week and joining us when you can. It's a fun time. Thanks, Boop. Oh, there you go. My dog's on cue. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just right on cue. Right on cue. My daughter's on. All right. Here, Thanks, boop. guys. See All right. Hey, Chad, let's give a shout-out to all the shows that will be live on the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week, including this one. Uh, This one being streamed live, I guess we could say, across Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube, and now Twitch. You can also catch all the action on www.eopsports.com. Help us out by hitting the subscribe, follow, and like buttons, and as always, share with your family and friends. In addition to the great shows, check out our partners in Philly Sports including Edge of Philly Sports Live, which was last night. Uh, so we missed that one. Bird's IQ with Eric and Kyle Quinn. It's Thursday nights. And the Patterson Avenue Fanatics every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Wake up and have breakfast with the gang, TK, Marks, James, Dave, Paul, and Damon, and get your Phillies sports talk on. If you miss any of the shows, they're available on all the podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on all Philly sports by visiting eopsports.com. For the great articles from our huge staff of contributors, subscribe to the weekly newsletter. You can sign up at eopsports.com. Okay, Bill. There we go. Well, Chet. Right out of here. Yes. Great guest tonight. Uh, Ray and David Didinger, of course, Boop, Bob Patron Jr., all good stuff. Uh, who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week on Tuesday next week? Yeah, because of uh, a lot going on next week for both of us, we are going to have a Tuesday show, as you said. It'll be Tuesday at 7, so we're doing a show Thursday and then Tuesday. That's a short turnaround for old guys like us, Bill. I don't know if we can handle it. In fact, I can't. I'm only going to be here. Philly sports will give us plenty to talk about, though. (laughs) I'm only going to be here for part of the show next week. I'm going to have a taped interview, which I haven't taped yet. It's about a golf fundraiser happening the following Sunday. And I forgot to bring the info with me, but I'm going to have one or two ladies who are organizing this event down in Voorhees to talk about it. And, you know, it's for a real good cause and it's going to be a fun golf event that will take place the following Sunday. So that's the one thing. The other thing, Bill, is you're going to be running the show and I don't know who you're going to have with you. Do you? Nope. Not yet. <laughs> okay. A work in progress. Work in progress. Since Tuesday you didn't tell night. Me, since you didn't tell me till last night. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you can handle it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's take another quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. 
They continued to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. They've changed some things up with their very popular mystery boxes and razzes with just 11 lines available. So your chances of winning are 1 in 11. Great odds. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right. PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. So, Mr. Chesco, do you have a parting shot tonight? Yeah, Bill, as you may recall, I was in beautiful Camden, New Jersey last Saturday for the MM Barbecue, an all-afternoon and evening music festival at the BB&T Pavilion. And my pal Denny and I had a blast while there. Lots of great bands, including The Offspring, Wolfgang, and his band Mammoth, Wolfgang Van Halen. And uh, the legendary Cheap Trick, plus several of the MMR personalities who i become friendly with over the years and got to see and talk to again on Saturday, including Jackie Bam Bam, Brent Porsche, who we've had on the show, and a guest that we had on just last week, as a matter of fact, Pancake, Chris Ashcraft. He said he got great response to that interview, so that was terrific to see and hear. Oh, and program director Bill Weston had a nice chat with him as well. He's also the guy in charge of 97.5 The Fanatic. Just a great bunch of people and lots of great live music. The only one downside, Bill, the beer prices, $13.50 and up for a beer. I only paid for one of them. All the rest of my beer I drank beforehand while tailgating outside. So I drank a lot of those fast and then only bought one inside because wow. I don't did you know that Bitcoin. did you know that before you got there? Oh, I figured because the last time they started at eleven bucks. That was two years ago. So you know how inflation is. So yeah. Now the good thing is they were twenty four ounces, but still thirteen fifty four a beer. And I actually paid fifteen. They charged fifteen for Michelob Ultra, thirteen fifty for Bud Light. I assume they'd both be $13.50. No, 15 bucks for a 24-ounce can of Michelob Ultra. Wow. But anyway, great job by WMMR and all the bands. All right, good stuff. And, Chet, hey, as uh, you know, the Phillies are going to fade out here at the end of the week. Flyers and Sixers going to be starting up. We'll be shifting some gears there. We'll be getting some new, uh, some different guests. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be shifting gears to fall winter sports, uh, which is going to be fun. Kind of looking forward to the Flyers. A lot of new bodies. They've got some injuries already, but a lot of young kids already uh, vying for, um, you know, roster spots. We'll see how that goes. Of course, Carter Hart already in the pipes in the first um, first exhibition game, and uh, fans already on Carter Hart and on Claude Giroux. Go figure. Really? I did not know that. He stopped, what, 17 of 18 shots in the game the yeah. other night? So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does have to have a good year for them to contend, but uh, there's no reason to get on him. Give the guy yeah. a chance. He's young. He's, what, 22? So cut him some slack, man. And they're wanting to strip the sea already. Go figure. <laughs> Every year. Every <laughs> We're going to hear about that. Hey, yeah, one other a... thing. Uh, Penn State, we mentioned, 4-0. We knew they would beat Villanova. The schedule will get a little tougher now as we go along. Who do they have this week? I don't even know. In Indiana at night ah. in, a, in a stripe out game at Beaver Stadium. Yes, a stripe out game. Yeah. Yep. So, so. I assume that'll be 7.30 on either uh, ESPN or ABC, whatever. We'll, we'll cover that. So should be fun. Bill, some big news today. The uh, NFL and Pepsi and Rock Nation announced the lineup for the Super Bowl 56 halftime show next February in Los Angeles. Try to contain your excitement, Bill. Try to contain it. We have rap and R&B icons, Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. 
They're going to take the stage at SoFi Stadium, the game to be broadcast on NBC. That'll be February 13th. Those artists, Bill, I know some of them may not be uh, your favorites, but they have 44 Grammy Awards between them, 15 of them for Eminem. So there you go. <laughs> and with that, let's wrap this thing up. Wait, one more thing. Mick Jagger. Yes. Mick Jagger in Charlotte, North Carolina last night, popped into a dive bar. Nobody recognized him. He had a beer. They think it was like a Bud Light or some basic American beer. Nobody bothered him. He had a baseball cap on. The name of the bar, the Thirsty Beaver. I heard I that. <laughs> I, I heard that story, and I, I heard that. Very, very funny. Very funny. That's all I got. Wrap it up. All uh, right, let's wrap this thing up. You threw me off with the halftime show. <laughs> let's thank tonight's special guest, Ray Dinninger, David Dinninger, Boop, Bob Patron Jr., our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Razroom, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chachesco, this is Bill Furman, and we hope you enjoyed the show. And we'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Tuesday, October 5th at 7 p.m. You see us live on Facebook or listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com, or on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on all the Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Let's do the song. Come on.